Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to the last edition of Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection right here at Bellevue Square Center Court. I am Michael Bumpus with my guy, Paul Moyer. We're switching things up today, and we have the center for the Seattle Seahawks with Callie and Reed, his kids. This is Austin Blythe. Clap it up one time for Austin Blythe. Austin, we appreciate you uh, making time out of your day. You're a family man. You got the, the wifey over there in the corner. She has a two-month-old, and you got your, your big babies right here. Man, how, how's the season been treating you? It's been good. It's gone really fast. It's hard to believe we've only got five games of the regular season left. And, um, yeah, it's gone extremely fast, but it's been, it's been really good. It's been pretty remarkable, the, the turnaround with the offensive line. I think Geno Smith's a big reason for that, too, just the way he navigates and gets rid of the football. But I got to throw mostly on you because the guards are the same. We got two rookie, rookie tackles. You know they're not the reason why. It's got to be the <laughs> veteran center that, that's come in. But you really have been, uh, you know, Pete talks about it all the time, that you're kind of the catalyst for this offensive line. Just talk about that transition from the Rams, you coming up here. Yeah, again, it's been a lot of fun uh, coming back up here with uh, familiar faces and Shane and Andy um, and being able to get back into the system that I'm really comfortable with. Um, but you said it, uh, you know, it's the pieces around me that um, have helped me uh, play well, um, and we're all just playing well collectively. Gino's slinging it around. Running backs are, are running hard. Receivers are blocking downfield. Um, and the guys around us are just, just playing hard. So um, it's been really fun playing with the, the guys on this offense. Austin, one of the things I miss, probably the most thing I miss about playing football is the communication, right? Talking to your guys, being in the huddle, like after a successful play, after a play that didn't didn't really pop like the way you wanted to. What was it like in that huddle, that drive to win the game against the Los Angeles Rams last week? You know, I think we all just spoke belief into each other um we had faith that we were going to go down the field and and score and win the game and i think that's just kind of how we've approached the entire season um guys have faith in one another um and i think that's just um a combination of working together throughout the throughout the off season through camp and now through the season and um yeah it was just it's fun to get a win like that um shows that we can do that um coming down the stretch here yeah, I think, you know, just the opportunity. I don't know how many opportunities you really needed to come from behind. There's been a few games. But, you know, a, a week ago before, you guys did take the lead. You know, on the defense, not the dog, the defense, but they, they gave that up. Um, one thing I, we noticed here, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Seahawk quarterback audible as much as Geno Smith. And I don't know if that's perception or reality. But maybe share that. And I've, I've, I've heard you've made his life a lot easier, too. But just how involved are you maybe in the those audibles and the whole protection yeah it's a collective effort Gino and myself you know throughout the week um, on on Wednesday we get the game plan um, what the checks are um, what the stipulations to those checks are um, and Gino and myself and really all the guys in the offense are really pretty tuned into that so it's it's very seamless um, you know Shane and the rest of the offensive coaches have a really good game plan really good offense and scheme um, and then getting those checks um, it's just makes it super easy throughout through practice so uh yeah the coaches and gino and the players around us make it easy now I'm, I'm a little bit older than you so when i was playing ball we were in the shotgun 
our center just used to look between his legs and say, okay, let's go. But now you got a guard that flashes his arm right there to let you know what that timing is like. How important is that relationship between you and the guard so that the cadence are on point and you guys are, are firing off at the right time? It's super important. Um, you know, I think my guard trusts me to let him know if things change in front of him as far as alignments and stuff like that go. Um, and then, you know, once he gives me the signal, uh, giving him enough time to get his feet set and get ready for the play. So everything just really works together to, to, to have a, an efficient play. So just to let you guys know that are here in the crowd and listening, the center is like quarterback B. He makes sure that everyone is protected, everyone is good to go. So Austin is a, a smart individual, and it has a lot of responsibility. Um, so you are, you're playing a position that isn't glorified. Everyone wants to be a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back. When did you make the transition to being a lineman in your football career? Because I talk to a lot of linemen, and they say, well, I started off as a running back, then a tight end then a DN, and then they put me in the interior line. What was your transition like? Mine was a one-step tra transition. I played tight end in junior high, and then I moved uh, moved on to the offensive line. Um, and I played guard in high school, actually. Never played center until I got to the University of Iowa. Um, and then just, you know, the rest is history. So now uh, played many years uh, on the interior part of the <laughs> offensive line now. Well, and you grew up in Iowa, and Iowa was known for wrestling as much as anything. And you were three, four-time state champion wrestler. I was a three-time state champion and a four-time finalist. Good night. I mean, goodness. It, you know what's weird is I, I my roommate in college uh, was a state champion wrestler. He was a linebacker. I don't hear a lot of DBs, wide receivers, running backs who are state wrestling champions, but you do with the offensive line. What is it about it? Because we've had a few of them uh, with the Seahawks over the years. I think wrestling just, you see a lot uh, that translates to playing football and especially offensive line. Uh, your technique, um, your hip position, your, your, uh, your leverage, where your hands go, um, and just kind of feeling those body movements of the guy across from you. So uh, that just comes directly from wrestling, and I think that's why you see that translate so well and why guys, offensive linemen, um, who wrestled are successful playing football. All right, Anita, uh, I'm going to ask you a dad question. Yeah. Because um, I got three kids of my own, 12, 10, and 8. When we had one, it was cool, man. We can surround this guy. <laughs> He's good to go. We had two man-on-man -man defense. Three, we're playing a zone. What's your transition <laughs> from two kids to three kids? How's that been for you? It's been pretty good. You know, my wife, uh, not not saying this because she's in the crowd, but um, she really just does it all. She makes it go around um, <clears throat> taking care of the kids while I'm at work, um, you know, and taking care of the kids while we're on the road. Uh, it's, it's a tough job, so I give a lot of credit to her, but uh, I feel like we make a good team, and uh, these kids make it pretty easy, too. You're a smart man. Good <laughs> yeah, man, Austin. That, that you are. <laughs> Your wife, Kylie. How do, do you mind if I ask how you guys met? Yeah, uh, we actually met in third grade. Kid. Wow. Yeah, You're so her, her dad uh, was uh, is a football coach, and he mo moved over to Williamsburg, our hometown, uh, when we were in the third grade, and um, we started dating uh, in college, actually. So we never dated until, until we moved off. But you knew each other. Yeah, we've, we've known wow. each other for a very long time. That is that is remarkable. I mean, that's pretty rare. You know, just to be with somebody and know somebody that long. And uh, was it once you got into college? Was it uh, we're together? F this is it. <clears throat> yeah. So 
uh, one night she was having a hard time. She was going back and forth from school, you know, homesick and all that good stuff. So she was home one night, and her dad had gotten tired of driving her back to Iowa City and uh, called me up and told me to take her back, and <laughs> that was it. The rest is history. Yes. Three kids later. and That's right. Good for you. How long was that drive? 25 minutes. 25, that's yeah. it, huh? Yep. All right. Did yep. you drive slow or fast? <laughs> Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> good question. Probably the speed limit, right, Reed? What's it? What's it like, man? Because um, I was a receiver, so I'm, I'm out in, on the perimeter. You know, there's not a lot going on. I can talk to the D, to the DB if I want to. If I don't want to, I don't have to. But you guys are in the trenches. Every single play, there is contact, man. Um, just describe to people what it's like in the trenches because people follow the football. They see the quarterback. He throws it. He hands it off. They follow the skill guys. Describe what's it like in the trenches for a guy who's a center who um, is the second quarterback on that offense. Yeah, it's uh – Sometimes it's a tough go. A lot of foot traffic. You can get caught up a lot. Um, I don't know if you hear a lot of mic'd ups from offensive linemen or defensive linemen for that matter, but a lot of grunts and, uh, you know, groans and, and noises that aren't, aren't words. So, um, but it's, it's a lot of fun in the trenches. And uh, like you said, it's, it's not a uh, position that's often glorified, but um, I think people who know football uh, understand that a good offense goes as, a, as, a, as the offensive line goes. I, you know, I think it, someone would say, what was the biggest surprise or most improvement? It, it's been the offensive line. You know, I mean, it's been a huge positive. You've been with some pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, pretty good organization. I can take you back to Indianapolis. It was, it was Andrew Luck, the quarterback back then? He was. Then. And then you're Kansas City a year ago, so you got Pat Mahomes. You've got Andy Reid. You had Sean McVay. You've got Pete Carroll. Can you just maybe describe, because I love, you know, we're so spoiled with Pete Carroll and just the whole organization, how awesome it is. But can you describe maybe just some of the differences between where we are here with the Seahawks and maybe Kansas City and, you know, Indianapolis and even the Rams? Yeah, so when I was in Indianapolis, I had Coach Pagano, um, and then, you know, you mentioned Sean McVay uh, in L.A., and then Andy Reid in Kansas City, and now Coach uh, Coach Pete here in Seattle. So I would uh, put Sean and Pete in kind of the same same bowl there, um, really upbeat coaches, high energy, uh, which is kind of shocking because Sean is 36 and Pete is 72 or whatever he is. <laughs> it's so it is amazing. When I got here, I... Uh, <laughs> When I when I when I got here, I was I was kind of shocked. I did not know like he doesn't really, you know, he's an energetic guy, but it's totally different um, in the meetings and on the practice field. So it's been fun getting to play for him, and then you know, and Coach Reed um, in Kansas City, he's a he's a pure professional, um, and he's you know he gets he gets his guys going, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So, I think some people still think Geno's a mirage. And because he came out of nowhere. And, again, you you were with Andrew Luck. I mean, you had Patrick Mahomes. What is it about Geno? I mean, can you maybe describe the difference there or what's similar that makes a great quarterback? I think for for Geno, it's his consistency, uh, the way he's played the entire season, um, you know, throwing balls downfield, moving well in the pocket, taking care of the football, just marks of a great quarterback and that's what Gino's done I mean the, some of the throws he's made are some of the throws that I've seen Andrew Luck make uh, Jared Goff make Patrick Mahomes make so you know I think Gino's got it all and I, I'm really uh, really glad that I, I, I'm here and have this opportunity to play with him uh, we are too well Austin <laughs> we are glad that you are here we are glad that you are here today 
at uh, Bellevue Square Center Court with your son Reed and Callie and the wife, man. Um, you guys have a, a tough game ahead of you against the Panthers, man. We appreciate your work, and uh, you have a good night, sir. Thanks for having me. All right. Awesome Give it up one more time for Austin Blythe. The center for the Seattle Seahawks. Coming up next, we'll give you a high-level preview of the Seahawks and the Panthers. That's coming up next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus with Paul Moyer. This is our last Thursday, Paul Moyer, right here on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. I want to give a big shout-out to Jen, who served for this country. She's been a Marine for Longer than what she thought she was probably going to get into the situation. But, Jen, I met Jen before the show. We appreciate you. I always want to give love to the people Absolutely. who serve our country. Amen. Thank you, Jen. So uh, but, but let, let's talk about the Seahawks and what happened last week. Last week they played the Los Angeles Rams, a game that I thought that scared me, honestly, Paul, because I'm looking at the film and I'm saying, okay, there's nothing really that this offense or defense does that scares me, and that's what scared me. <laughs> because I'm like, look, we're not planning for Matthew Stafford. We're not planning for Cooper Cup, for Allen Robinson, for Aaron Donald. All those guys are gone. So if you do not have these guys on film, what exactly are you pl- planning for? And then we see Sean McVay be the coach that he is, creative coach. He came out that first drive. We saw screens. We saw outside zone, fly sweeps. We saw the short game. We saw him take a shot. And I'm thinking to myself, I go, okay, these guys have to be prepared for everything. It came down to Geno Smith having his signature game-winning drive. I look at that game and I say, you got to be ready for everything, more." Man, it's the NFL. I mean, we, we know that. And look, the Rams were so beat up that it was a game that if we played well, we were going to win the game. Um, you know, and it, there's a turnover here. Uh, look, Sean McVay, he was fired up for that game. You know, I, I remember there when I was coaching, uh, and Dave Craig, we decided to go young. And he left and he went to Kansas City. And we played them. And they were absolutely better than us. There's no question about it. But I was so fired up to put the best game plan available. And I got the guys fired up, and we blitzed him, and we sacked him like eight times. Right. Still lost the game because we just weren't, <laughs> we weren't better than them. And that's what I thought about Sean McVay. I was looking at his script, the first series and really the second series too, which is about 15 plays. And, man, I had to go back and rewatch the film a few times and say, how would I have played that? Because the way they use the linebackers with fly sweeps – um, the way they use motion and then, you know, and then all of a sudden go reset. Yeah. People don't realize there, so much is going on there. So if I all of a sudden I motion a wide receiver across the formation, what ends up happening is on the side he started from that motion, we got to change who has force and who has inside fill and where are my gaps. And if I'm two gapping with a cover two, he crosses the formation. I got to change who's got force once again. And then if I don't have the guy who came across with him in motion in the running game to fill, then they've added an extra player to it. So they were doing a bunch of that. They, they didn't beat us with the running back inside. They beat us outside with fly sweeps on that first series and really the first series and a half. 
we adjusted to it. They had 70, they had almost 150 or 30 yards in the first quarter. They ended up having 318 for the game. Uh, I mean, we pretty much shut them out uh, other than that first drive they had and their last drive. Uh, in between, I thought we played pretty well. But I think the point you were making is, man, you got to be ready every time. You yep. had Bobby Wagner, who was absolutely fired up for that game. He played, you know, pretty well, pr- pretty well in that game. Um I, I don't I don't really get caught up in stats. I just want to win. And we got the win. I don't care if it was ugly, pretty. Moving on, we got the Panthers. We're 7-5, and five, and it's a game we ought to win, too. You know when I get caught up in stats? Mm. When it favors us. <laughs> or there's something that... Well, you you're know, you're so on these, radio four so, hours. So, so these, these are the stats that I'm going to say. Mm. 128, 127. DK and Tyler Lockett mm. had themselves a day. DK had eight targets, eight receptions, one touchdown, the game-winning touchdown against the loudest talker in the NFL, Jalen Ramsey, right? (laughs) Clap it up one time for Jalen Ramsey. Jalen, we appreciate you. We love you. We respect you because he's a baller in this game. But it's nice to see DK come through in the clutch against a really good receiver. It's also nice to see Tyler Lockett have a 36-yard touchdown. There's a couple things that I keep hearing from people when I talk about the Seahawks is that, oh, they're not pushing the ball down the field. I go, hold on, simmer down, simmer down. They do push the ball down the field, probably not to the extent of a – Buffalo Bills or a Kansas City Chiefs. But last week we had a reception of 40 yards, a reception of 36 yards. The 40 yard was for a touchdown. The 36, excuse me, the 40 yard was not for a touchdown, uh, but the 36 yards was for a touchdown. I look at this offense and I say it's an opportunistic offense. Whatever this defense is going to give us, that's what we are going to do. I look at this matchup with the Carolina Panthers and I say, okay, it's going to come down to this defense because I look at what the Carolina Panthers do. Forget what you think about the Carolina Panthers, okay? They can run that football. They will line up with six linemen, two tight ends, a lineman at the fullback position, and get downhill and force you to tackle them. If there's anything that this team has struggled with throughout the this year is the run game. So now, Paul Moyer, I'm interested to see how these guys adjust to that big boy personnel package that's going to be crucial for this team uh, look they've, they've got players now i mean their record's not great they've they've had some inconsistency at quarterback um you know darnold's not bad i mean look hey, when you're drafted that high you have a great arm that, that you don't get drafted in the first round in the top 10 if you don't have that electric arm there's something that doesn't quite equate to how he handles pressure and throwing contested throws you know, he, he completed under 60% of his passes last week, and in this game, that's not good enough. But, yeah, they're, they're talented defensively. They're very talented. They're 14th against, uh, I believe, the rush. They're 14th in points scored with an offense that's really struggled. It, it's going to be a close game. It's going to go down to the fourth quarter once again. Um, and, you know, if, if Gino's got the ball in his hand at the end. I feel pretty confident that we'll pull that one off. That's what we're looking for, right? Can Gino get her done? He got it done by the way, he did the week before against the Raiders. But he scored with five minutes left to take the lead. We mm-hmm. gave up that lead again. And granted, he, uh, the last drive in regular uh, during the regular um, uh, period wasn't great. But he's given us leads in the fourth quarter. We just haven't held them. We we need to continue to do that. But look, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think sometimes you just need to win a game. You said that some people think we don't. 
push the ball downfield? Yeah, we do. I mean, there's nobody in the NFL that completes more than 70% of their passes other than Geno Smith. He's the only one. He's fifth in yards per attempt. So if he was completing 73% of his passes and his five yards per attempt and he was 28th in the league, I'd say he's a dink and dunker. That's not his game. Nope. He will dink and dunk if there's pressure. If you give him time, I've said this forever for those who have been here, he will push the ball downfield as, as much as anybody in the league, and he's as accurate, if not the most accurate quarterback in the league right now, and his statistics prove it. He's got the second-best touchdown-to-interception ratio in the league. Every one of his stats is top five. Let's stop this nonsense. The guy can play football if we protect him, which we've been doing. They did a great job. We just had Austin Blythe up here. They protected him last week, and, you know, he had a great game. He don't only look like his agent. He is his agent. Look at that guy, Paul Moyer, right Let here. Let me have a Gino piece of that. <laughs> Paul Moyer. I'll give him a hometown discount on my side. Hey, tonight is our final show of the season, but it's not too late to stop by. You'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collection Dining District tonight. They're giving away gift cards to Tavern Hall, Fogo de Chow, Duke <laughs> Seafood, Daniel's Boiler, and the Living Room Bar and Porch at the W Bellevue. You guys come holler at us. Coming up next, we're going to talk to linebacker Bruce Irvin. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumpus, and we're here for our last Thursday. I'm with Paul Moyer on uh, Seattle Sports 710, and we are at Bellevue Square Center Court. And right now, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Bruce Irvin. Bruce, what's up, man? (laughs) (laughs) What's up? How y'all doing? Hey, Bruce, I feel you on top, man. I got three of them things at the house. 12, 10, and 8 is <laughs> active yeah, out they there, running, man. They run it. They active right now, man. Hey, I know how it is. It's a beautiful thing, bro. It's a beautiful thing, man. Uh, one, yeah, it definitely um, is. I, I, I want to say I appreciate you, man, because you were born in the 80s. Not too many of us left in the game. So <laughs> off top, 80s, baby, stay alive, man. And you've um, you've done a lot of things for this defense, man. Um, when you were signed to the Seahawks, a few weeks into the season, what was the role that they told you that they wanted you to, to fill? Um, just to kind of just come in and be myself. Um, um, you know, bring some leadership to the OLB room. Um, you know, just kind of just, you know, just be me, basically. Um, we didn't really get on the reps that I was going to be taking. <laughs> um, but just 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 bringing just bringing that tough attitude and that tough demeanor back back into the building. Bruce, I played seven years and I was beat up and it was tiring. I can't imagine you're in your eleventh year and I, I, and you just mentioned you didn't expect to play as much as you've played. But just first of all, how how are you feeling? Because that's you, you're playing a ton of snaps right now. I mean, I feel good. Um, um taking care of my body uh is big. Uh they take care of me during the week, which is also big. But man, I I I I feel great. Um I'm I don't have no complaints. I'm not complaining about playing a whole bunch of snaps. Um 
did I expect that? No, but um, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm just gonna do what they need me to do. Uh, but as far as how I feel, I feel great, bro. And then I'm I'm really being honest with you. So, Bruce, every year uh, I do a lot in in the football world when it comes to media. Towards the end of the year, my wife is like, all right, man, what's going on? All right, are you going to be home or are you not going to be home? Uh, how was that conversation with the family being like, okay, I've been I've been here every day. I've been taking the kids to school. Now daddy's going to go out and ball out, man. What, what was that conversation like? Uh, I mean, my wife knew I wanted to play still. Um, you know, I was going, driving an hour. To, to Atlanta to work out an hour back home every day. So she knew that, you know, I still had a strong desire to play football. So uh, she was, you know, pretty, pretty supportive, uh, you know, when it was time for me to go, um, you know. So, but they, they was out here two weeks later. So, you know, it wasn't long before they came with me, you know. So uh, she was very supportive, man, and, you know, just, Played a role, and uh, I got out here, got situated, and they they came they came not too long after. Well, we all remember when you got drafted, and that was a long time ago. You were just a pop back then. Now, eleven years, you're you're the you're the veteran, mature man. You know, the one thing I, I want to ask you is maybe how much the game has changed in those eleven years, and more specifically, you know, you got the Rams and 49ers that have pretty. I don't know if intricate's the right word, running games. But when you came out, look, it was more traditional still powers and isos. Now you got all these fly sweeps going on. How, how much has it changed since you came into this league to where you are now? Uh, I just think, the, um, you know, the, the athlete has changed. Um, guys are faster, you know, bigger, stronger. Um, you know, you got alignments that allow you uh, to run the, the fly sweeps and the jet sweeps and all the, the, the perimeter runs because they're so athletic. You get out on the edges and block the corners and the safeties and stuff. So, um, you know, back in the day, uh, um, guys, I don't think guys, Breno Giacomini wasn't, you know, <laughs> he wasn't really getting out. And Russell Okun, they wasn't really getting out, you know, on the edges like that. They would do it, but not as much as these guys do it today. Um, so I would think just just the brand of athlete has changed, um, and I think it's only going to get better. You know, you got guys like Tyreek, dude's six four, and he runs a four two. Like that's not normal. So it's just <laughs> I just would just say the caliber of athlete has, has really just changed from eleven years ago until now. Bruce, it's um, you're a rare breed because you were with this team in obviously 2012, and then you leave. You came back for a little bit in 2020. Unfortunately, you tore your your knee and had to have surgery. But what has it been like for you coming in as a rookie with this organization and then coming back and being like, okay, I'm one of the guys, I'm one of the leaders out here, and I, I got to show these youngsters how to do it. How have you kind of fallen into that that leadership role? Um, it's really kind of cool if you think about it. Uh, like you said, you know, I'm very fortunate um, to be able to see both ends of the spectrum. You know, being coming in as a younger guy, not having to lead and talk as much and uh, not even have to play as much. Um, to now being, you know, the guy dudes listen to, uh, you know, the leader of my room, 
you know, my position coach is 36 and I'm 35. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So, uh, blessing. It's, just, it's, it's a blessing, man. So it's, it's just really cool to be able to sustain and be able to hold on this long and, and still be able to move pretty good, and, you know, uh, for me being 35. So, man, like I said, it's a blessing, man. And, you know, a lot of guys will never be able to experience, you know, being able to uh, get drafted by a team and going on to other places, five other teams, and coming back, um, you know, to the team that drafted you and, you know, getting another opportunity. So, man, it's just a, it's a story. It's a story. It's like a storybook ending. And, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity and I'm just going to continue to just try to take advantage of it as long as I can. You mentioned when the, the Seahawks were talking about bringing you over here and just to be yourself and and probably be to be a leader uh, of this group. And I, you can relate when you were first here. Uh, let's talk about Daryl Taylor and, and, and Mafe. How, how do you how what do you tell them to become an everyday down player? Because that's the probably the next step for them. It's just the mentality, um, you know. When I came in, I wasn't an every down player either. Uh, my first year, but you know, I had develop, I had to develop into that. Um, you know, DQ and those guys, KJ. You know, I had great guys around me. You know, I had ballers, dogs around me that, you know, that that showed me the way. You know, I was a DN, and I had to transition to a stand up outside back. You know, but I had KJ, I had Bobby. You know, I had I had a lot of guys to, you know, help me along the way. And I think for those guys that, you know, our defense is so young, you know, you know who are they going to go to? Jordan Brooks uh, or Cody Barton, who's his first year starting, or even Chenna, you know. Chenna never really was a full-time starter in, uh, in L.A. You know, he was kind of always behind Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So, you know, he even, this is kind of even a new role for him. So, uh, I just think I try to tell those guys it's just it's going to take reps, man. But at the end of the day, being an every down player is an attitude. You know, I tell the defense this, stopping the run is an attitude. You know, you could play all the gaps and all the different type of schemes as you want to, but if you don't got 11 guys willing to whoop, whoop the guy across from them and get off the block and make the tackle, then it don't matter what you run. So it's just a mentality, man, that I'm trying to – instilling them and uh you know Mafe has got really better um as far as being physical with the tight end and uh you know engaging and shedding his block uh he's done really 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 well from when i got here to now and uh dt is uh you know he dt <laughs> i mean he's a uh a speedy guy uh you know not a lot of weight behind him but you know it's a leverage game so you know i just try to tell him man uh it don't matter how big you are. You just, it's a mentality, you know. You're not going to let the next man across from you manhandle it, you know. And I don't know if it's because I got kids at home and I don't want them to see me on TV get manhandled <laughs> or whatever. But but I just won't let another man put his hands or keep his hands on me or, or do me any kind of way. So, like I said, man, it's just a mentality, man. And it's just, you know, I'm going to try to instill it to them uh, every as much as I can while, while, I, while I'm around them. 
Bruce, we appreciate you, and I feel you. I dare somebody to try to put their hands on me at Safeway in front of my kids, Bruce. <laughs> <I'm telling> you, <laughs> man. I got you, bro. Hey, man, we appreciate your time, and it's a Thursday. It's, what, 740. Um, I know you have family and then the wife there, man. We appreciate your time, and good luck this weekend, bro. Bruce. Hey, man, anytime. Appreciate y'all, man. All right, that was Bruce Irvin. Coming up next, we'll go around the NFL. We'll talk about some topics that are going down. That's next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live. Presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, the last Thursday. We got the biggest crowd of the year. Clap it up for yourselves one time. Biggest crowd of the year. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection. Last Thursday here on 710. Everything 100% off. 100% off. Go and shop right now. You just go and tell them you're getting it from Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Yes. Then they'll tell you to play full price. So don't Put it on my account. I got you covered. Yeah, you see the way he's dressed? See how fancy he is today? I, I mean, he's fancy just, today. They're not, you know. I'm just, out here regular. I'm out here looking like a Northwesterner. Got my got my vest on. Hey, it's heated. Look at this. Heated. Wow. He, heated. What you know about that? <laughs> I don't. Nothing. <laughs> uh, where's my coat? That's all I got. All right, well, it's time to go around the NFL. And the first thing I want to ask you about, Paul Moyer, the Los Angeles Rams are having a tough year. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Um, Matthew Stafford was the savior. Odell Beckham was balling before he got hurt. Cooper Cup was doing his thing. The run game was on point. And this year, they are struggling. And you know who they call to the rescue? Uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Baker AKA Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. What are your thoughts on the Los Angeles Rams as a whole in What's Baker Mayfield's role in this thing? Because they're going to roll with Matthew Stafford next year. Is he? Is there enough time for him to do enough to make a team be like, all right, I'm going to roll the dice on this guy and see if he's serviceable? Well, I think Stafford will be the quarterback next year if his wife lets him. You know, like you make that kind of money and you start having injuries, particularly to the head, you know, it changes. Our day, you would have had to drag me out, right? right. I wouldn't have been able to have a coherent thought. Them, look, they're in a different world. So we'll see. Um, tonight, no. Baker Mayfield's 10 for 20. They scored three points. They're losing 16 to 3 to the Raiders. I, the guy was here for, you know, a cup of coffee. That's tough. But I think, you know, with five games left, you know, maybe they have enough to see if he's somebody from a backup standpoint. Right. They need somebody. They don't have a really a backup right now. I, look, Baker. To me, his time has already passed. I've seen enough. It, it, he's had one year where it's, done. it was okay. Hold on. Gino. Gino. No. Gino. No, no. No. Here's why. Here's the difference on Gino and Baker. Baker's been playing. Baker has not done well anywhere he's gone so far. Gino had a rookie year, part of a second year, 23 years old. All right, you're a backup now. I'm going to go back up Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. I'm going to go back up Russell Wilson. He just didn't get the opportunity. Now he's got the opportunity. Now, look, eight years from now, maybe Baker Mayfield becomes a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I just think, look, he's not very tall. You know, I don't even know if he's six foot. He might be. I think unless you have some unbelievable attributes in today's game, it's hard to be a short quarterback. 
It worked a while. I mean, Drew Brees, there's been a few. It worked for Russell. Russell. It worked for Russell with a great defense, a great running game, and play action and bootlegs. You're seeing what they're doing with him in shotgun or gun formation, spread formation, and saying stay in the pocket and throw. It's hard. It's just hard. It doesn't mean it can't be done. Right. I've seen enough from Baker Mayfield. I, look, he's just – it didn't transition from college to the NFL. Your thoughts? My thoughts? Sit for a while. Like sit for a few years? years. Eight. <laughs> eight. Years. Hey, how long did uh, Geno sit? Seven? Probably close to eight. Seven, eight? Yeah. All right. Five, six. Sit five or six, hold the clipboard, learn the game, and maybe you get a second win. That's the thing with the quarterback, right? The greatest job in the world. The quarterback position is the only position to where you can sit for a little bit and get better. Any other position, safety, DB, receiver, running back, lineman, D-line, linebacker, you ain't going to sit and get better. You're going to sit and get old. Yeah, you're not going to sit because you got to play. You're going to play special teams. You're going to do something. They're going to find somebody cheaper. You know, if you're not a starter as a position player uh, outside a quarterback, you're not going to be a career backup. I mean, Bloor is a good example. He's been a backup, but he's a mm. great special teamer. Right. If he wasn't a great special teamer, they are not hanging on to a backup linebacker, run, fullback. Quarterback's the only position that you can play 15 years, make $50 million, and literally never play. Literally. It's the best job in the world. I, man, you, you're healthy. I got no shots to the head. My body's good. I've made some money. I'm having some fun. I'm hanging with my guys. I'm learning <laughs> some stuff. I go right to the the, the uh, broadcast booth. I make more money. Quarterbacks, man, if you can get one of those jobs, do it. So what you're saying, I should have taken that scholarship offer to uh, West L.A. Tech Technology of Agricultural uh if you can't say it, that probably shouldn't have done it. So, <laughs> all right, I got one you for got? you. What you um, got? Look, big game coming up this week. 49ers, you know, they lost Jimmy G, which is crazy, though. Their backup quarterback, who's now their starter, a rookie, who was Mr. Irrelevant, which is the last pick in the draft. What number is the last pick, by the way? Well, it changes because they got... Th- yeah, but because of uh, if you lose free agents, they add some supplemental picks in there. So it changes. minimum two fifty six. Well, I mean, whatever thirty two times seven, you know, <laughs> throw that number and and then a few more. Addy, do the math. Yeah, quick, give me that calculator. But can Tom Brady rally his team, go to Santa Clara, and get a win against a backup quarterback right now in that great vaunted defense of the Forty ers That's the thing. The defense. We've seen throughout football history, you can win with a mediocre offense and a stellar defense. Yep. Have we seen vice versa? I don't think we've seen that. I don't think we've seen that. And Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, is the guy who is um, under the microscope. Because we got to see what he can do. There's weapons around him. You got a run game, you got a couple of receivers, you got a tight end, you got a defense that's going to back you up. Can they go out there and get it done? They better get it done because we need that help. That's why it's so important that these Hawks win this game this weekend because you never know what's going to happen with Tampa and the 49ers. We saw what Tampa did to us. They said, look, you think we're going to throw the ball 60 times? No, sir. We're going to run the ball 35 times and make you defend the run. You look at this San Francisco defense, and you're saying, okay, what's the weakness in that defense, Moyer? Mm -mm. I don't see one. I don't see a weakness in that defense. So it's going to be tough, but if there's anyone who could rally the troops – and make this thing happen, it's number 12. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't count out Tom Brady. Um, I'm excited for that game, uh, mainly because, well, it doesn't even matter if the 49ers win or lose. I hope they lose. But I want to make next Thursday night here at Lumen Field against the 49ers. Man, that will be an electric crowd. When we win this week and we're game back of the 49ers, maybe we're tied with them. Um, but, boy, that 49er defense is special. They, you know, I think Nick Bosa might be the best at his position. They have their, their strong safety, who I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, he came out of nowhere out of USC. USC he might yeah. be the best safety, playmaking safety in the league right now. They, Are you going to crown him? Uh, I said might be. I didn't, I'm not going to crown him, but he's, right. he's special. All right. Just here, checking. Here, here's what we know. When we put on film, we always watch him. Definitely. Because he is so excited. He's always around the ball. He's a baller. He'll knock your head off. Um, look, Brock Purdy, and no, I'm not going to say he's pretty good. Um, but <laughs> oh, he's, you should have did, did it. I you should have did, did it. I did it. I did it. I'll put the fine in later. Um, look, he's six foot one, 220 pounds. I think he started four years at Iowa State. He is a gamer. He can play. He may not have the strongest arm. He may not be the tallest guy in the world. He can play. He's not afraid. He can make all the throws. I was watching a couple of his highlights where he was getting hit, a lot like Geno Smith at times, and he threw a contested tight window pass right there. So while Jimmy G, they, they definitely have a, a, a better chance if he was there. Until we get a little more tape and find some of the weaknesses of Purdy, I, man, I don't see them missing much of a beat. I really don't. I mean, it's going to take a game plan two, three weeks down the road where they say, okay, this he can't do this very well. Right. But Shanahan is pretty good, too, at what he does as a head coach, offensive coordinator, and he will put situations for him to succeed. I'm really impressed with this Brock Purdy. That was All a right. good draft pick. Purdy. You know who tried to uh, to make me throw Purdy under the bus? Who? My co-host on uh, Bump and Stacy show, Stacy no, Ross, and she's going to join us next and give us a Panther preview. That's next right here on Hawks Live. <laughs> 